Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm what up world you're listening to the full goal with jason golf presented by the ringer a spotify original yeah gentlemen hello how y'all doing oh you know <laughs> here we go hey 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 going here, through hey, the same hey, thing hey. gonna drive me fucking insane hey hey <laughs> hey man how y'all man I, I don't even ask how y'all doing tony jesse i need i need a slight favor from the both of you gentlemen i need both of you to look up this saturday's college football schedule and over the next five six minutes or so as you hear me talking about whatever i'm talking just shout out the matchups okay just give me you know, just shoot them at me, all right? You know, just just fire them off, like whatever you feel, whatever whatever tickles your fancy. That's the second time I've used that today in the Ringer Podcast Network world. Okay, whatever tickles right. your fancy, you just mm-hmm. you know whatever it is. Because I want to say this: Who in the hell this year 
thought that in the celebration of swagger, with all the chains popping and all of my Latino and brown brothers on this team, in the year of swag that 2022 was supposed to be, that Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn <laughs> would be leading, <laughs> leading the way. Gavin Sheets, you that is Gavin Ruth right now. You can't get him out. You can't get him out this last, you know, 10, 12, 13 games. So that man is on fire. Had, what, five RBI tonight? All right? Went deep. It started when he went to Baltimore. He went back to the crib and went crazy. Hey, listen. I, Gavin, I know, brother. Ain't nothing like stunting on the crib. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing like going back to the crib. What you, why, what y'all think I'm going back to these Evanston Township football games for, huh? It's time for y'all to celebrate me, goddammit. You feel me? Yes, I'm on the field. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> on a field that I was never allowed to be on in high school. <laughs> yes. Gavin Sheets went back to Baltimore and got his groove back. Got him some crab cakes, you know, whatever local b- beer they drink, you know, maybe swung past, you know, Kevin Costner's old, you know, pad. But yeah, whatever the case may be, Gavin Sheets got his mind right, got his money right here soon, and he is out here just serving it up, just bashing the pill. Andrew Vaughn, we already know. That that dude's going to be one of the better hitters in this division in the next two or three years. But, man, Lucas Giolito, terrific start against the Baltimore Orioles. Hey, hold on. Do, do you have anything for me Saturday? Anything yet? Huh? Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. All right, there it is. There, ladies and gentlemen, Notre Dame versus Ohio State on Saturday. Looking forward. And the only reason why I need you guys to yell out or just interject with a matchup or two is, when these games start, <laughs> when when the, Notre Dame, Ohio State is a great one to start us off with, too, Tony. Shout out to you. But you can even throw out the obscure ones because I'm telling y'all now, for people who listen to this podcast, when these games start, guess what y'all be hearing less of? Me talking about the goddamn White Sox. That's right. Here we go. <laughs> My man, Tony Gill, on the remix. So, yeah, I'm not doing this no more. Hell no. I kept telling people to take back their summer. All right? When am I going to do it? <laughs> summer over now. <laughs> Shit, it's going to be Labor Day in a couple of days. Summer over. No white pants and no white socks. That's, 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 and no white shoes. That's, that's, after Labor Day, you cannot wear or watch those things. I'm cool. I'm cool. And and by the way, we'd be remiss if we did not mention the fact that Tony La Russa, shortly before this game, uh, you know, this was a statement from the White Sox. Like 45 minutes before the game, they they put this out. At the direction, quote, at the direction of his doctor, Chicago White Sox manager Tony La Russa will miss tonight's game. La Russa is scheduled to undergo further medical testing tomorrow in Chicago. Bench coach Miguel Cairo, Miguel Cairo will uh, manage the club in La Russa's absence, which he did tonight. The White Sox anticipate providing an update on the Russo status prior to tomorrow night's game against the Royals. Listen here. We have said a lot and talked a lot about Tony La Russa and the misgivings of Tony La Russa's management style this year and all the other things. But nobody is ever rooting for poor health or troubles or health complications. So we here at the Full Go Podcast hope Tony... Uh, whatever's going on with Tony, we hope he can make a full recovery or feel better as soon as possible. Because you never, I mean, especially, I mean, we talk about his age when we talk about managing. So when we talk about illnesses and not feeling the best, um, that comes into play as well. So we never want anything bad to happen to uh, 
you know, the people that we talk about <clears throat> health-wise, because no matter how much money you got, no matter how much you're enjoying your career, no matter how much you're enjoying your life, if you ain't got your health, you ain't got shit. So um, shout out to Tony. Hopefully he's getting better. He's getting the treatment that he needs, whatever is going on with him, right? Because he had a whole bunch of people out there on Twitter. It was like, yeah, this is how they're going to get rid of him. <laughs> they, they told him to step away with a phantom illness. Nah, that's not the move. That's not the move. So hopefully Tony gets better. But yeah, man, come on. This is a White Sox game. This is, this is, this is, served up on a platter. If the White Sox season was was described for you, it would be... Actually, it wouldn't be this game because they actually scored seven runs this game. <laughs> but the Kansas City Royals now have ensured themselves of winning the season series against a team that people picked as a dark horse World Series participant. Not even dark horse. Like, a lot of people are like, hey, the White Sox, oh, they're going to do it this year. So, yeah, man. Enjoy. Enjoy. Saturday, what else we got, boys? Saturday, what what what, what other games can we throw in there? Jesse, you got one for I me? I got one for you. Yeah, Oregon, Georgia. Oh, let's go, let's go to see Kirby Smart with a revamped defense. Half his damn team went to the NFL last year in the draft. Oregon's always got to fly uniforms. I don't know how good their team is going to be. What what, what is Oregon ranked this year? Eleven. Oh, there you go. All right. So that's that's usually where Oregon, you know, starts off at, and then they fall to a team they shouldn't fall to, or the Pac-12 is whack as hell, and you stop talking about them. Can't wait to talk to Pete Futek, by the way, to to get us in tune for our college football season coming up, because like I said, (laughs) as soon as footballs go in the air of any portents, yeah, boy, you, y'all will have patted me on the back for the last time. Y'all, I, y'all in the streets, y'all run up on me like, hey, man, I appreciate what you're doing for this sock season. Yeah, okay. I'm about to clock the fuck out. <laughs> I am about to get up out of here. <laughs> I am. What, what, what are we doing? Huh? What are we doing? Lucas G. Lito up there throwing spinners. <laughs> he wasn't riding spinners. He was throwing spinners. That man, high slider. This man threw a changeup that the, I forget who the batter was for the Royals, but he threw a changeup that was so slow and so high. Usually when you throw high changeups, them bitches go out quick. He threw one so slow, and 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 all of his stuff was high tonight early on in this game, by the way. Five early runs, three home runs given up. The only one I won't fault him on was the Salvador Perez uh, one because that <laughs> that ball was like six inches off the plate and Salvador Perez doesn't give a shit. There is no strike zone. He is swinging at everything. He has walked 14 times this year. 14. And he's still cold as hell. Like, he's still one of the best players in Major League Baseball and he's still killing the Sox every time he comes up to bat. I won't fault Lucas Giolito on that one, but, I mean, high fastballs, you know, in the zone, he's he trying to throw middle in. Next thing you know, it's it's not just in, it's middle, middle, <laughs> right? 93 miles an hour, ain't really getting past anybody up in the zone. He threw an 80 mile an hour changeup that a dude damn near swung out of his shoes so hard trying to hit that ball that he missed it. And it looked bad, but you you knew it was to come. Kind of settled down a little bit. What do you do? Hand it over to the bullpen. Next thing you know, fire alley. <laughs> Here comes the next four runs that you didn't think you needed. You didn't think you needed them, but you got them any damn way. So there it is, man. Like, I, I don't know what these wrap-ups need to be for y'all. I, I'm, you know, I, I've, I've screamed, I've yelled, I've damn near cried. I'm doing a lot of cursing. I've done uh, far too little celebrating as a White Sox fan this season. So this is what it is. <laughs> this is what it is. Um, Cincinnati, Arkansas. Oh, ah, the John Gruden Bowl. 
You see John Gruden <laughs> copping, please, in front of a Little Rock, Arkansas, like diner, talking about his emails and throughout all the butts and all the, you know, the caveats and all the other things. And then said, hey, everybody's in here has made a mistake. Uh, uh, <laughs> not like that, fam. <laughs> so There's levels to this mistake yeah, game. Yeah, you know? yeah. Losing your keys, you know what I'm saying? Forgetting an anniversary <laughs> or just calling people niggas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it happens. <laughs> I mean, who out there, right, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> who out there can't say? So yeah, who, has it, who among us? Right, I mean, come on. I, I I do it on official letterhead every chance I get. <laughs> but yeah, Cincinnati, Arkansas. There you go. See, there are three games right there. Saturday, come Saturday, and don't even talk to me about Week One of the NFL season <laughs> because they will have had to trade for Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, and everyone else involved created a new trade deadline for me to be interested after Bears week one against San Francisco 49ers. By the way, by the way, last time I looked, or last time I checked, I should say, I was the man, no, nah, I was about to get into a Jeezy line on you. But the last time I checked, the Bears were six and a half point dogs, right? Shout out to FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook app. I am pounding the Bears after the shit that happened today with the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan and the powers that be told Jimmy Garoppolo after not attending a meeting, returning a phone call, or being a part of the team in any way. Hey, by the way, here goes $6.5 million on a reconstructed contract. Going to be the backup quarterback. <laughs> if I'm Trey Lance, I'm like, wait a minute, didn't you? Didn't you just trade two first-round picks for me to have this gig? So what does that tell y'all? There's three first-round picks? Damn, Jesse. And, and Jesse's got his 49ers shirt on. If you traded three first-round picks for me and a dude who took you to NFC championships and Super Bowls in the last four years said, I don't want to be a part of this thing at all. <laughs> Get me the fuck up out of here. <laughs> Y'all go the entire offseason. They don't get anything for him. I mean, you could have released him. I know you don't want to eat all that dead cap salary. But, man, can you – and shout out to Brian Greasy who goes straight from the booth to the quarterback coach <laughs> of this thing right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, make sure that the guy who hasn't played football, you know, for uh, uh, a lengthy stretch at least in two years <laughs> – Make sure that he is the starting quarterback and up to speed for an NFC championship contender because the 49ers have what it takes on defense. And they got some really good pieces on offense. But now it's up to a rookie quarterback. Oh, by the way, in the same room, we're going to keep the dude who we told the entire world we didn't want anymore. The entire world. Like, he didn't make that throw in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right? And, and that was it. Jaquaski Tart drops that interception. <laughs> Like, all those things. And people are like, whoo, Trey Lance era now begins. Well, guess what, y'all? Guess what? I, the, I know the leash is long, right? But all this speaks to me is Trey Lance has not been as uh, advertised. <laughs> people in the 49er land are like, um, we still got to win some games. And if old power arm over here from North Dakota State don't get it together in the first three or four games, like, let the, let the 49ers start one and three. And see if you want to see Jimmy G's ass right back in that position. Six and a half million dollars later. Yeah. 
It's a lot going on for week one. Pound the Bears. Six and a half points, I'm in. After what I just saw Luke Getze and Justin Fields do in the preseason? What? I already told y'all they're going 13 and four. Yeah, pound the Bears. Six and a half. I think it's still six and a half. I'll check the line. But man, yeah, that's that's it for me going forward. That's it. Football and basketball. That's it. Hey, y'all, y'all was waiting for it. I stalled y'all as long as I possibly could. The, the socks dropped me off right here. I'm cool. I catch a ride home from here, fellas. Y'all make your home safe. I am good. Okay? Hell, the Cubs have been more interesting the last two and a half, three weeks any damn way. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, this is Ozzy Guille, and you are listening to the full go with Jason Goff on the Ringer in a Spotify. And speaking of interesting Cubs things, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about y'all. Uh, hell, no, no. You know what? We're going to get to know our production staff a little bit more right here. Fellas, unmute immediately. <laughs> it's time. We, we got 143 of these out the way. It's time for us to start asking real questions of each other. The most unconventional place you guys have ever clapped some cheeks before. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm asking this (laughs) because in last night's Toronto Blue Jays Chicago Cubs game, a a couple (laughs) in the 500 section, and shout out to them, (laughs) in the 500 section, big spender. A couple was caught um, entertaining each other, right? A little, little vertical joyride, little, little horizontal polka. You feel me? A little, <laughs> a little slapping, slapping uglies, you know? The, the things that, that, that you do when you are in lust or in love and are adults and of consenting age and feel that way in the moment, right? Now, while the fellas are thinking about this and, and looking forward to not answering this question, hey, I'm vulnerable with y'all. We talk all the time. No, I've never shared these things before, but hell, this is the podcast. This is why Bill brought me on to do silly shit like this. You think he brought me on? Yeah, I talk about Sam Mustafer. Fuck is wrong with y'all. <laughs> brought me on here to have a good time with my people. <sighs> so, for me, that is mighty public, right? Like, you, you kind of, and by the way, come on, fam. Like, <laughs> there's a whole bunch that was going wrong in that situation up there. Like, you know, be a gentleman, fam. Like, you, you do the work. You know what I mean? Like, you, <laughs> I know you think you're hidden away, but at, at that point, you're going to get caught anyway. You know you're going to get caught, right? Mm-hmm. If you get a few They wanted beers. to. Yeah, of course. They you wanted know, to. The, the voyeuristic quality of it. And I'll be, you know, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go upstairs and, and talk and say, no, nah, not that. I'm going to go upstairs. Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go upstairs and talk to my fiance and get her medical expertise 
on voyeurism and exhibitionism and all those other things. Because, you know, people, I'm not here to kink shame. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. Hey, you get down however you want to get down as long as you are safe doing so. But yeah, man, like you had a baseball game and you were up there and you're like, you know what? I like you. You like me. Let's ride. Right. A little seventh inning stretch. You know what I mean? Let's get it popping. So they got caught. It, it, it went viral, you know, a whole bunch of different Twitter feeds threw it up there. You know, I was waiting for MLB to do it. They, of course, they did, you know. But, I mean, you want to you attract people to the game, let them know, hey, <laughs> it's a three-hour affair, you know. You got seven minutes. Knock that out. You know what I mean? Well, according to the, you know, the Showtime Lakers doc, you know, the Lakers were doing it in the early, you know, 80s. Oh, my God. Doing it. <laughs> <laughs> at halftime in the post game <laughs> like i you know i actually am on episode i finished episode 2 of winning time so i uh i have not seen it all the way through yet i heard everybody rave and rant about it i'm looking forward to knocking it out over these next few days but yeah man you know there, there's been there's been some public instances where it's like hey man i, I got to express myself you know it's like i you know i'm 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 a communicator you feel me? And when you communicate what you need to communicate in an intense, intimate moment, yeah, you know. So yeah, you know, uh, shout out. To- it's a it's a slippery slope, Jay. I mean, yeah, because I mean that's how it's supposed it, to be, though. <laughs> <laughs> like how how, how how different how different would everybody would be reacting if uh, it was just one person? Yeah, but I mean, you exposing yourself is a little bit different than. I mean, uh, aren't they involving yourself in court? No, it's, it's nah. a little different. Yeah, of course it's, it's, a, little it's a little different. different. Yes. It is. And I mean, Tony, if you are, you know, jumping into whatever story you got, like, you know, let us give you a little runway. You know what I mean? If there's, <laughs> if there's a time that, you know, you were slapping Frankie in public and got in trouble about it, then you, you can let us know. You know? I mean, I'll tell that's you right that's now. Too, that's too risky for my blood, man. Yeah, I see, but that's the thing, that's though. Too can't be risk averse. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta jump in there. You gotta show, you gotta show how much you love, no matter what. You feel me? Like, I, I will tell y'all this right now, and I probably shouldn't be telling y'all this right now, but like, you, in those moments, the worst thing you want to do is be the uh, have the weaker stomach of the two people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I was just joking when I said that. And All right. I guess I got to do it now. Like, y'all be messing around out here. And, and we're talking about, you know, and, and um, I don't even know what to term it now because I don't want to get in trouble. But like... Um, uh, heterosexual relationships, I guess, where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, a man and a woman. It's like, there's a lot of times that the lady in that situation is a lot more about it than the man is. Like, uh, and I'm probably going with like 80% of the time, probably, where it's like, I, I, you know, I bet you won't. And your lady's like, I bet you I will. Shut your bitch ass up and get naked. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is what jail is like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, fellas, if you go into a game and you're planning on it, I've never understood the flight thing, though. Like, I understand the Mile High Club and you got to, but the actual space that you can work with, like a ball game, you know, the seats aren't comfortable. You know, your damn sure don't want to be on that weird concrete area where all the peanuts and all the beer is dropping all over the place because then you get yourself a a nasty infection if something goes, you know, in the wrong area, right? So you got to be careful, right? I mean, I'm I'm saying don't go out there and be publicly indecent is what I'm saying. But, but if you can... 
get away with something and not be too, you know, first of all, don't do it around anybody. And this is the Toronto, was it Rogers Center? They got hotels in that joint, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like they got hotel rooms there, right? So, you know, this dude thought, hey, uh, uh, either I could pop for the hotel or we can go up to this 500 level and get it, get it cracking. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm not going to throw, uh, I'm not going to throw stones living in glass houses. You know, I, <laughs> there have been times where the, the randiness in me has jumped up and, you know, you had to, you had to, you had to answer the call of the wild, you know, <laughs> and shout out to the, <laughs> shout out to the, to the IHOP on Howard Street, you know, that, <laughs> shout out, shout out to the Phoenix airport at least six times. <laughs> You feel me? <laughs> I won't even say what happened in St. Martin. <laughs> but I mean, like, for all the guys and the girls out there, you know, everybody's like a little prude and, oh, no, and clutching their pearls. You know the vibes. You know when nature calls and you're like, ah, hey, we ain't going to make it home. I love you now, damn it. You look them in the eye and you go from... Go for what you know. Feel me? You know, it's going to be a short interlude for most of y'all anyway. So, you know, feel me? You might not even make it to a song. I'll never forget. I'll never, ever forget. Uh, uh, right off of Northwestern's campus, <laughs> there's an area over there. It's a beautiful campus if you've ever been to Evanston, never been to Northwestern. And it's right there on the lake. It's right there on Lake Michigan. There's an area, I believe it's off of Sherrod, coming off of uh, Lakeshore Drive going past Howard Street. And there's an area over there that I used to just go out and walk all the time back in the day when I was trying to clear my mind. When I was just chilling, it's actually like the first place I ever went to go hang out with friends after high school was over, where it's like, oh, look at us trying to be grown even though we're like 18, right? So there's an area over there, we call it the Rocks. And I will never, ever, ever forget where you pull up and you, you're the only car out there. And, and then you get that little <laughs> on the glass. And you're like, uh, how can I help you, officer? <laughs> and, the, and the cop was like, well, first, you can put your polo on the correct way. And I was like, ah, you got me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hands up. <laughs> but at some point <laughs> up, put your weapon away yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah but man uh, shout out to the couple in Toronto who uh, set to hell with the Cubs Blue Jays game and uh, you know consummated their relationship once again I, I gotta believe it's once again if that is a first date move by the way you got yourself a trooper and I'm talking to both of y'all because <laughs> I'm talking to the man and I'm talking to the woman. Hey, man, we cannot be out here acting like you can't fall for it on the first day. Getting yeah, it? Nah, it's a first man. round knockout. Look at you. So you, so you're telling, telling, telling me that you're not, you're not. Uh, well, you're married. You know, almost married. Um, so in other instances, <laughs> if someone is going. At the Toronto Blue Jays game with you, <laughs> Cubs Blue Jays. You gotta take a road trip up to Toronto, and somebody goes. You're like, ah, I gotta toss this one aside. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make room for the wholesome people in my life. Is that what you're telling me, Tony? Yeah, man. It's just like 
the thrill of the chase, Jason. You know, I, I'm 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 a man. I'm a I'm a, I'm a fan of of the chase of the mm. game, the back yeah. and forth. You know, yeah, the journey. That's, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the type of man that I am. Personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you uh, you <laughs> you like you like being the player that gets there and is like twelfth year. You're chasing that playoff or chasing that title ring. You just, <laughs> you, it feels better once you, you know, you, you like, you want to be Glenn Robinson on the Spurs is what you, what you're trying to do. <laughs> Gary Payton is a Miami Heat. Like, ah, I finally got it. <laughs> it means meanwhile, more, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody's passed around the Larry O'Brien trophy and, <laughs> and you're out here celebrating wins in your 17th year. All right. I mean, everybody's, you know, it's like you said, it means more. And, you know, Tony's built differently, y'all. Like, Tony doesn't drink. You know, Tony's, Tony's Tony. Tony is, Tony is one of the um, most unique individuals I've ever uh, come into contact with. Jesse, you know, would you like to bail Tony out from his born ass story? <clears throat> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, trying to think how I can best put it because my fiance is right behind me. I mean, she loves and you. And, and, she does. And she, she and knows she's probably not even listening. She, and oh, now she, she's listening. Yeah, now she is. And, and she knows that she married, she's getting ready to marry a great man and you've got a past. You, she, she, you have, your wrongs have been righted with her oh, presence. Okay. The, no, the, all the fun was with her. Okay. Oh, so, oh, even better. Mm, yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I can match this. Hold on. Let me, let me. Let me call Pete out of here and talk about what happened in St. Mark. <laughs> yeah, man. See, isn't this more fun to talk about the fucking White Sox? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy, man. I don't know. You know? And, and, you know, it and, all started with, like, at the, the A's game. There was some guy who's getting, uh, getting ahead. Uh-huh. And then they tried it again, and they got kicked out. And then this thing happened with like today or yesterday. I, that's that's what my buddy told me. Yeah. My buddy Mike B was like, "This has been running rampant over the you know it, pretty it's, recently, it's becoming a trend now." Yeah, apparently people just people just says a lot about their game, huh? Getting it on. <laughs> which, which one? Ah, double entendre. <laughs> Don't ask me how. See, you didn't know Tony had lyrics, did you? Oh my god, what are we gonna do about this fucking podcast? I tell you, man. All right. Um, yeah, so shout out to the White Sox for relieving me of my duties. <laughs> uh, shout out Rice to USC. Ooh, Rice USC. Ah, yeah, now the USC's in the Big Ten, by the way. We're going to talk about, we can't talk about them, like in uh, welcoming Reggie Bush back. If I was Reggie Bush, I would tell USC, kiss my black ass. Mm-hmm. Y'all going to act like I didn't exist when y'all paid me the money to win mm-hmm. y'all a Heisman? And then, you know, treating me like OJ out this bitch? Nah. Uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> like, like Just for few... them to be whack anyway? Yeah. Post Reggie Bush? Yeah, knock it off. What did it get you? You didn't get cool points? No. Nah. And you end up losing every year after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the karma. It's the it's the uh the SS Impala karma. Remember the Impala that you had on the on the uh the cover of the, the magazine that got everybody in the in the organization or in the program in trouble? Like, that was the beginning of it, pretty much. Like, hey, uh, should Reggie Bush be riding around in an Impala that's this dope? <laughs> and where's his family living these days? You know? 
now they're going to welcome him back. I saw that tweet the other day. Welcome. Can't wait till Reggie Bush Day. Y'all been acting like Reggie Bush wasn't a part of this situation for a decade now. All of a sudden now it's Reggie Bush Day. Get the hell out of here. I know Reggie, you know, he's going to appreciate being welcomed back into the fold and all that, but... Yeah, man, that sanctimonious bullshit where you take away Heisman's and take away records. You know, you gonna tell me as a kid the Fab Five didn't exist, <laughs> huh? Because of what happened? All right, knock it off, man. So, yeah, it's gonna be fun to be able to talk about UCLA and USC as Big Ten representatives here in the in the coming years. But yeah, I'm not about it. I'm not about it at all. So, shout out to Tony and Jesse for uh, getting out of answering this question too. By the way, I I, I kind of figured it would happen this way, and I knew that uh, I would have to toss myself to the slaughter. You didn't answer shit, Tony. I did. You didn't shit. What did you say? What did you say, Tony? That's how I get down. I like the thrill of chase, man. That's not a story, then. That's you saying <laughs> I don't have a story and not answering it, Tony. That's what that is. I, I, you see how I flipped it, though? Come on, man. Come you on, didn't. Go, you did, I know. I got you. Yes, you, you're flipping. You, you, you're flipping. flipping. Yeah, there it is. There it is. You, you don't fucking pile on either, Jesse. You ain't tell me <laughs> shit. You punked out and said, my, my lady behind me, so I can't talk about the, <laughs> the dirty deeds that we have accomplished together. I never said those words specifically. Yeah, all right. Man, see what happens, yo. You think you got riders with you. And all of a sudden, it's time to rob the bank and these two motherfuckers run to the car. <laughs> we'll go season two, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you already know. That's the only reason I'm popping this kind of shit. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah, you just heard Tony said we have been, uh, the a, a option has been exercised. Someone named Ryan emailed me and said, hey, we got your black ass on here for another couple of hundred episodes. Enjoy your time. It wasn't worded like that, by the way. I don't want people to come after Bill and Ryan and Steve Cerruti. Probably shouldn't even name those names because now y'all really going to come after them. But yeah, we back in this bitch for another couple of hundred episodes. Um, yeah, we're having fun with it as well. As you can see, right? Baseball's winding down. If not already winded down. What, 10 out of the last 12 have been losses for the White Sox, five in a row. Um, you know, injuries, you know, Managers not feeling well. Uh, this season has been an absolute train wreck. Um, it has been embarrassing. Uh, it is borderlined on epic failure. And I don't like using the word epic at all, but this is, um, this is not good. Not good. Not fun. Not good. Disappointing. And uh, it could have been theirs. This summer could have been theirs. It could have captivated the city. And, you know, they're, what, six games behind the, the Guardians now and uh, Frank Thomas and Ozzie Guillen were talking about, you know, there's still a run left maybe. And, hey, man, I, I was saying that two weeks ago. We were saying that three weeks ago. We were saying that a month ago. And we sit here and all we see is marginal baseball at best. Mid-level baseball. There's no way in hell the Royals should beat you in a season series. None. I don't give a damn how spunky, how ready to go, how young, how hungry. No. They, they, it shouldn't happen. You got more talent than them. You supposedly have a better manager than them, which isn't the truth. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Bring on football. Speaking of bringing on football, Pete Bursich, Chicagoland legend, right? Good on number 56 and number 50 back in the day. Uh, Notre Dame guy, Minnesota Vikings guy. He's doing all that color commentary work on the Vikings uh, TV and radio networks. Um, He's, you know, he's going to break it down for us. We're going to take a look at another one of these divisional foes. We did Lomas Brown and the Detroit Lions. So 
you know, sit back, relax, and strap it down, as Hawk Harrelson would say, because Pete Bursich is coming up next to give you the lowdown on the Minnesota Vikings. The team, I think, is going to win the division this year. So check it out. Time for some commercials. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Pete, how you doing, brother? How you doing, man? What's going on? I cannot on? complain. Hey, brother, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. I was... Uh, uh, I'm used to talking to you on 670 Score back in the days yeah. when I was booking yeah. you and also interviewing yeah. you. Now I get a chance to hop on the Full Go podcast. So thank you so much. He is Pete oh, no Bursich. Problem. Yeah, from the Vikings Radio Network doing the color commentary for now. What is it 15, 16 seasons now? Yeah, it's 16. This is my 16th season doing the, the radio and TV mm-hmm. and all that. My 27th overall. <laughs> so it's like more than more than half my life has been with this team in one form or another, and I'm still waiting on a Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and of course, the Chicagoland area ties, Joliet's finest, you know, New Lenox yeah. and Providence, and, and of course, University of Notre Dame. So you've got the, the Midwest Chicago roots, and of course, now the NFC North is the conversation that we're going to have. Um, I'm, I'm getting pretty close, Pete, as we get closer and closer to week one to picking the Minnesota Vikings to win this division. Um, and, uh, the Kevin O'Connell experience is, is, is beginning 29, 29 coaches on the sidelines, uh, Pete, <laughs> what's that about? I know, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, um, I've thought about that and, and, and the linebacker coaches, a guy named Greg Minuski and mm-hmm. Greg Minuski and I played together back, at, um, he was a Viking, we played together and so getting a chance to talk to him a little bit and I think a lot of it, a lot of, so much of it has to do with just, they, they have a limited amount of time now to work with these guys. I mean, back in the day, training camp was, uh, you know, a month long and talking about four weeks of two a days and film and everything, you know, all, and now, um, things have become so condensed. You can only do so much in the off season. You, you know, training camp is really just the beginning of a regular season schedule. It's not necessarily anything crazy. Um, and I think they just need they need more people, more coaches to mm-hmm. you know handle a, a smaller number of guys to get them as ready as possible. Um, there's with technology, there's a lot more work. I mean, you know, back in the day, cut ups were cut ups of film. I mean, that's you know what I mean. And now it's you can make a cut up with a couple clicks of a mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the technology is absolutely amazing. So there's a lot more information to process. Um, and there's a lot more, I think, that they ask um, mentally of the players, and they've got to catch up pretty quickly. And you don't have the time to develop, you know, rookies and things like that. You don't have four preseason games that they play in now. You know, now mm-hmm. they play in, in in two, maybe, maybe one, maybe none. Right. So yeah, that's all accelerated, and that's I think why they need all the additional help. 
So you go from the the old, salty, defensive-minded Mike Zimmer to now <laughs> the, the young, newfangled, you know, anybody who's been around Sean McVay or thinks offense every single day of the week, Kevin O'Connell type of, you know, guy yeah, at 37 years old. I mean, this is a new experience. This is a, a, a breath of fresh air seemingly going forward. What, what do you think will be the biggest differences that people outside uh, the Vikings fans and the Vikings observers notice? The, you know, the people in division, the people around the rest of the country, what's going to be the biggest thing that stands out? From uh, from a football standpoint, everything's going to you know everything's going to be different, especially defensively. You've gone from a you know kind of a four three type of a look, which you guys just went back to. Mm-hmm. You know now now we're doing a three four, so it's a different personnel group. Um, it's it's Ed Donatel. Um, it's been around for a long time. You guys, you know, the Bayer fans are familiar with him. He's a defensive backs coach for a while. Um, so that look is going to be different. Um, Zadarius Smith is going to be a new ad. He's going to, you know, he's absolutely going to, uh, you know, change things if we can keep him healthy. Same thing with, uh, you know, everybody else on the team for that matter. You can say it about everybody. Um, so, you know, those things, those things are going to change. I think offensively, what you're going to see a lot more of is, is just pre-snap shifting, motioning. Um, you know, you, you saw a lot of that in St. Louis. They look for matchups. They want the defense to tip their cap. I mean, in this game, Nowadays, what's amazing is how on every snap, offenses will shift, motion, move, and then they end up kind of in the same spots and they kind of run the same routes and same concepts every single week because you can't reinvent the wheel every week. And then defensively, before the snap, everybody wants to look the same every single play and they want to line up the same, get the same look, but then play different things out of it. So it's, it's, it's really, that part of it's really interesting, but I think O'Connell is a little more surgical with his offense. And I think offensively is where um, you're going to see the biggest differences. And by surgical, I mean he like he's going to like to get, I think, his athletes in space one-on-one with a mismatch. And how they create those mismatches, they could do it by, you know, pre-snap, shift, motion, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, and there's just it's a lot to be excited about. I mean, you see what the Rams did with Todd Gurley, you know, a few years ago. And you think we have a talent, I think, that's pretty similar to that with, with Dalvin Cook. And, um, you know, not to mention Jefferson and Thielen and hopefully Herb Smith Jr., who's been, you know, he's been injured, he's been nicked up, um, to have him come back and play. So you, ha- you have a lot of weapons on that, on that front, or at least on that offense. It's a matter of getting our offensive line figured out, getting that settled down, and, you know, getting some, uh, some rhythm about him, I guess. So the quarterback position, obviously the most important position of all the sports. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you look at his numbers and you're like, okay, he had a terrific year. And then you think about what the common refrain is about Kirk Cousins. Uh, what's, what's under or misrepresented about Kirk Cousins and his game and, and what has his reputation earned him, both positively and negatively, going into this season where it's like, okay, we've seen you play and we've seen the numbers. Now, what's the next step for this dude? Right. And, and so, and, and this is, this is my opinion of Kirk. Right. I haven't seen him play for four years. Kirk can make throws that a handful of people on this planet can make as far as arm strength, accuracy, uh, those kinds of things. It, he, he, he's, he's a truly a unique talent in that respect, which is why he's getting paid so much money. Um, you know, the one thing I look at with, with Kirk since he's been here is completion percentage. He was at 
you know, a little over 70 his first year, then it fell to 69, then it fell to 68. And last year he was around 67%. That's key because when you watch Kirk, if you can get pressure on him, if you can get people in his face, if you can make him uncomfortable, that that arm strength and accuracy starts to do, 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 you know, and, right. and, I, and I've seen it before during courses of, you know, of games. Um, I go back to, we played Carolina a couple of years ago at home, and I'm trying to remember the name. He was a rookie safety. He's still down there, but he scored two touchdowns, almost back-to-back, right? It was a, I believe it was a fumble, touchdown, right? And then mm-hmm. they get the, you know, then we get the ball back, and then we threw an interception. He sco- you know, but we came back and won that game. Why? Because Carolina only rushed three guys. Mm. They decided in the end of the game. To, so you score two, you score once on defense, you win ninety percent over ninety percent of the time. You score twice on defense. I think it was only maybe the second time in the history of the NFL a team had scored twice on right. defense and still lost. That I guess that is what Kirk Cousins is capable of. If you don't get pressure on him, if you don't want to rush him, if you want to turn this into a seven-on-seven drill, he is going to light you up. Um, so for Kirk, uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in this offense. You know, um, he, he's had a different coordinator, and we've been defensive-based, really, you know, for the last, you know, for, for with Zimmer for quite a long time. We've mm-hmm. had guys come and go, especially at that position. So for him to be in an offensive centric, more I think a more of a, a a modern style of offense. Let's just let's just call it that, right? Spread them out, throw the football, um, you know, and create a short passing game. You know, Kirk was a play action, deep drop back, get down the field. We didn't have much in a way of a three step passing game. A three step passing game is important because if you can't protect the quarterback, and you have a good three step passing game it's very hard to get pressure on the quarterback. And so, yeah, his, his mental load before the snap is going to increase quite a bit. So we'll see how he handles that. Um, and then I guess just meshing with this new, this new offensive system, I'm excited to see what he can do. I really am. Cause I think this is whether you like him or don't like him or, or whatever camp you fall into, I think this is his opportunity to say, I'm working with, a really good young offensive mind in Kevin O'Connell. This should be, you know, th- this this should be it. We saw what Stafford did, right? I mean, I, I would take Cousins over Stafford any day of the week, and I got mur- <laughs> I got I got kind of murdered on, on it. I mean, if Stafford can win, it's like my point was is, is if Stafford can can win a Super Bowl, which you know, if Cincinnati, if the Bengals catch yeah. that interception at the end yeah. of the game it would have gone the other way but yeah. you know they won so Stafford you know won my point is is if Stafford can lead a team to a Super Bowl then Cousins can too and Stafford did it by making good decisions he made he was a very very good decision maker pre-snap Cousins has got to do that so you mentioned the offensive line. We both know if you can't block, you can't run it, you can't throw it, you can't <laughs> score it. Uh, it's a lot of youth, you know, the young veterans and just flat out young guys across the board. Whereas Darisaw, you got, you know, you got Ezra Cleveland, you got Garrett Bradbury, you got Ed Ingram at the right guard spot, a, a, a yeah. rookie, right? His second round of rookie. And then you got Brian O'Neill, who's like the old vet who got drafted in 2018. So what, what are the prospects for this offensive line where you got enough youth, you, you got enough athleticism, got enough mobility, but uh, can they gel? And, and what do you expect early on from them, especially in the new offense? 
So to kind of go through it, you know, Derisaw came in last year, rookie years and long year. He was he was nicked up. He had surgery. Um, he's just a big, unbelievably athletic big man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you see that all the time in basketball, right? I mean, those are the greatest athletes in the world. Derisaw is a huge man, and he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I he he's he's going to be a good football player. And then you know where we've been where we've been where we've struggled is is the center and guard position. Um, Ezra Cleveland, I think, is 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 settled in. Um, he should he should be getting better. But you look at the way, at least the Bears, you know, go, they've changed this year. But we look at the Bears and the Packers; they run a lot of the old Bear front. You know, you have a zero nose, meaning you have a guy, a three hundred pound guy, right over the center, mm-hmm. and then each guard is covered up. And so, what you're forcing is man on man blocking up front with those three. And so there's no double teams. There's you, 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 they're looking for a physical mismatch. And for Bradbury, who's undersized as a center, he's very athletic, but undersized. You know, he's got to learn to drop his anchor. Right. Mm. Ed Ingram is obviously a huge question mark. But I'll say this: Ed Ingram went to LSU and as a freshman, he's 18 years old, true freshman, started 12 games. Right, and was good enough to at least to hold his spot. Yeah, that so means for, a, for a, yeah, for a young man to get in there and be able to do that. And then now at this level, he came in, competed at that position, you know, um, won the starting position. So for him, there's going to be a learning curve, you know, there's going to be a learning curve for him, but he's, he's a tough kid. Um, he's going to have to work on his pass protection. He's got good feet, but he's got to work on the pass pro because nowadays some of the best, uh, you know, pass rushers are the inside guys. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it'll be wait and see. I think um, uh, Chris Cooper, who's our offensive line coach, that group has more potential, I think, than any than any other. I think there's a lot of potential there, and it's going to be on him as a position coach to really bring that out of those guys because you can't just draft first-rounders and have first-rounders all the way across your offensive line. You can't draft, your, you know, we've got a first-round pick at left tackle second round pick at left guard first or first round pick at center second round pick at right guard and the mm-hmm. first round pick at right tackle you it's do the that. opposite you, of what the bears are doing exactly <laughs> and so but and yeah and the problem is is if you do that you start losing that talent in other positions and you have to either bring it in pay a lot of money for it or whatever right so you've got to find you've got to find a third rounder, second, you know, fourth rounder, one of, one or two of those guys that just step in and, right. and can play. And so for Cooper, the development of those guys, I think, yeah, they have, there's a lot of potential there and they have to start realizing. All right, let's get over to the side of the ball that you love best, you know, being a good old number 56 <laughs> and 50 back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I, see the, I see the 56 behind you, but I remember Pete Bursich this is, wearing 50 this running around. This jersey behind me is my favorite because Ed Tutal Jones signed it. Oh, well, you can't get any so, better than that. I mean, it's like, that, yeah. no, I, it's like, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, you know, because I got uh, Favre signed it because it was mm-hmm. a game that we played out in Wisconsin when he went in the Hall of Fame. And so I'm like, I got Willie Galt's signature, right? 85 Bears. I'm 14 yeah, years right, old, right? right. Everybody, and then uh, Ed Tutal Jones, my dad played for the Cowboys a long time ago. So I grew up watching the Cowboys too. And I mean, you know, he was what the first, he was the first, non-division one player to be picked number one overall mm. if i'm not mistaken you have to check that again 
Uh, but I believe he was a Division II guy. Um, but just a mountain of a man. I mean, of course. And so, yeah, one of my one of my heroes as a kid, you know, and uh, Benny Blades, who's another oh, guy that out. I just respected. That I mean, as a as a guy I played against, just respected the hell out of him. That dude was tough. There weren't many running backs that when you blitzed, they could light you up. Benny Blades could light you up, man. He was the whole family, anyway, right? So, the Blades family, the Blades brothers, yeah, Benny that, and Brian. And that's why. And that's why. I don't, I'm no good at fantasy football because I only pick dudes I like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't, he may be good, but I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not I sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like certain guys and it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't work for me. So who do you like on this defense then? I mean, you know, Harrison Smith for a long, I, I, I would argue when I was on the radio here, I would argue all the time, like, you know, there was a nice little three, four year run where Harrison Smith was the best safety in football. Right. And you know, Patrick, yeah. Patrick Peterson now, you know, for forever wearing the Arizona Cardinals uniform and now being a, you know, a Minnesota Viking these last couple of seasons. You look at not just being a, a, a 34 front, but how often you're going to be in sub package because of three and four wide receiver schemes. This this secondary, you got the, you know, two dudes who one is going to be a Hall of Famer. And we'll see how Harrison Smith, the end of Harrison Smith's career wraps up here. But outside of those two guys. Who are you counting on to make plays in that secondary? Well, yeah, that's that's a, that's a damn good question. I think you mentioned the sub packages, and you're going to be a nickel, meaning you're going to have an extra DB 60% or 65% of the time. We brought in Chandon Sullivan. Chandon Sullivan um, is an ascending player. He's, you know, you take a look, you take a look at him, and I, I he went to Georgia State, mm-hmm. right? He's a fifth-year guy, went to Georgia State. And then you look at his numbers. Man had a 40, over a 40-inch vertical, right? Unbelievable athlete. He's one of the best corner, he's one of the best nickels I've seen at being able to play outside technique in the slot and still be able to chase down a guy across the middle of the field. He's unbelievably Mm. quick. He's also very smart. And you can see that on film. Um, We do in the offseason, all these free agents, we do film studies. And so I get to watch watch a lot of film on him. He's a very, very smart, corner by that i mean he understands down and distances he understands what offenses are trying to do he understands what they try to do out of certain formations so i i really think Shannon sullivan is going to be a big ad for us because that that nickel position is as important as ever um you know patrick peterson yeah we need him we need him to play he missed a couple games last year for the first time in his career since his rookie year when mm-hmm. he was suspended um so hopefully he can stay healthy uh, it's the other, it's the other cornerback position that we're we're waiting and seeing. Cameron Dantzler, uh is a is a is a great talent. Cameron Dantzler could be a very very good corner. He's just got to, you know, mature. Mm. Um, you know, he, he was he was playing. He wasn't playing. He was sending tweets out of the locker room. You know, kind of. It's like, yeah, I get it, but you you got to grow up and, and the. Cameron can put some games together, but then he gets nicked up. And some of that was, he was a tall, thin, you know, a tall, thin type of a guy. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he builds some strength. And because as a corner, you've got to be on the field. You have to play. If you're going to learn and take it to that next level, it's experience. You've got, I mean, you've got to be out there week after week after week. And you know, this it's every week you're facing somebody else mm-hmm. that's really, really good. There's no, there are no, there, there are no, you know, off, there's no off, you know, you don't play Purdue 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm taking a shot at Purdue, yeah. but I can do shout that. out to West Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, Ryan Grigson. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah it, it, it's, it's a situation, you know, you don't get any off weeks, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you've got to, you've got to bring it week in and week out. And then if you just literally hang in there and just hang in there, you'll get better. And I think he's been able to get to that point, but then he's missed a couple weeks. So my hope for him, and he's, and like I say, he could be really good. My hope for him is that he's matured both physically, mentally, and he goes into this year knowing it's a long haul, wanting to play all 17 games, you know, having that mentality. Now, Andrew Booth, the guy behind him, the guy from Clemson, yeah, uh, I like a lot. Very, very smart player. Very, very good at zone, meaning keeping an eye on receiver and seeing the ball thrown. Um, he unfortunately injured himself in the second preseason game, so he's going to be green and he's going to get thrown to the wolves, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. He's going to be another good football player, but um, you know, it, it, it's it's going to take it's going to take some time, you know. And then behind that. That's when you get, you know, you, you've got to figure out now, is that something that they're going to try to address, um, you know, the next couple of days with all the roster cuts and everything else is to get some some veteran presence or some somebody else in that group because you have three corners there that can be really good, one of which is almost as old as I am, right? And the other two, one's a rookie and the other one's never played a full season. So that's... You know that can all be that can all be fixed by the pass rush, right? We'll get to we'll get right. to that. that, in a minute, that's right? that's, that's, that was the next question for you. Yeah, that can all be fixed by that can all be fixed by the pass rush. In the safety spot, Harrison Harrison Smith's the most versatile safety in the league. Just like Dalvin Cook, I think is the most versatile running back in the league. He can do everything. He can block. He can run routes. He can catch. He can just run the damn ball. He can do. He can really. I think overall in that respect is the best. Harrison Smith is a an extremely versatile safety and it makes his life um, so much better because, you know, certain safeties, Ed Reed, Ed Reed was a deep middle guy, right? That's where he played. If he walked down, you know, and was standing behind, you know, standing or just outside the tackle, it's like, yeah, yeah. Harrison can blitz, he can tackle, he can cover, you know, he he's very, that versatility allows a lot of, um, like a guy like Donatell, the ability to bring, you know, you bring him down in the paint, you're going to, the offense is going to pay attention because it's not like, oh yeah, yeah he's a decoy, right? They're mm-hmm. going, they, they have to, they have to take note of wherever he is and where, however he, he lines up. The guy next to him is Cameron Bynum, which is interesting because we drafted Lewis Seen in the first round, mm-hmm. his last pick of the first round, kid from Georgia, unbelievable athlete. This kid, this kid's going to be good. He's got an unbelievable. He drive, you know, he's a first round draft pick, and he drives a Hyundai, right? That it's just how he is. He's a, he's works after practice. I mean, this kid is dialed in. He's mean, right? He's got a little bit of mean in him. He's got some dog going, mm-hmm. and and I, I hope and I hope that uh, we get that that on the field quickly. Um, but um, the camera Bynum who's a guy who played college corner, moved over to safety, played a lot last year out of necessity, had a couple nice plays, had an interception, that was a thing of beauty. It's like people are talking about, well, what's with Lewis Seen? I'm like, no, 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 that's the wrong question. It's like, what what about Cameron Bynum? Mm. I mean, this kid's continuing to, you know, elevate his game. So we have depth at safety, is my point. We've got depth at that position where in the NFL, 
this, you don't need depth of safety. <laughs> I was about to say, was about to say, you got three or four safeties. That means you are lacking in other places not on your football team, right? Not unless one can roll up over there and play some corner right. for you. you know? well, yeah, Rob, um, shout out to Rod Woodson and the few that could, yeah. were able to do that, right? right. <laughs> so those, you know, those guys, um, it's a, it's a, it's a good group. It's a great group. Um, and we don't, you know, corner or safety, we're, we're, we're not worried about safety, which, you know, makes you wonder if you want to trade one of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No I doubt about it. So you look at you um, out here making moves you know, for the Vikings. Yeah. No, I am not a GM guy. <laughs> I mean, shit, you've done nice. quality control, you know, you, 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 you know what I have. That's one thing I'm, I'm, I've played this game at every level. Coached it. Um, yeah. I've coached it at every level, except, you know, I, I haven't coached division one football. I've helped out, worked with, but never, never really coached it. Then I have had my, uh, my two sons, Mm -hmm. you know, my oldest played at the University of Minnesota, my youngest is playing. So I've been a parent at every level as well. You know, I have a stepson who's a freshman in high school and I'm helping out with them. He's over at Hinsdale Central. Right. So I'm helping out with them. And, and, uh, it's the football is, it's, it's a great game. It's the best game. And I think, Kids need it now more than ever. But my point is, is you know, you get in the, the personnel bit, man, that's a whole other animal. Those people talk a different language, right? They see it, it's a, it's a, it's like a cult. And you, it's you know, like you call Pete, you know, you jump in there, you know, overvaluing what they call stack linebackers nowadays. You know, you'd, you'd be messing around paying Roquan whatever <laughs> you wanted. Like, you, we, we, we know, we know which way you would be leaning on this it thing. Would, it, hey, you know, it's, Potential is one of those things, man. Get I your like, ass you fired. Like, as a co- <laughs> right, as a coach, and that's another interesting point is when you're on, is when you're coaching and you're dealing with personnel. As a coach, you're like, I want to, I, I don't, I want a proven commodity, and I want someone that's consistent. Um, you know, you trying to remember uh, Bryant McKinney? Do you remember? Yeah, Bryant Big McKinney? Bryant McKinney, Mount, Mount McKinney, good old number seventy four out of Miami. Now, Brian, Brian McKinney, this is like the coach's night, not coach's, not, maybe not nightmare, so to speak, but Brian McKinney would go out and he played games where he was almost flawless. And I mean, this guy was unbelievable. Amazing player. And, and so you play a game and, you know, you're, you're facing, you know, whomever. It's, you know, uh, uh, whatever defensive end you're done facing and he did a great job. And then you play a week later and you're like, okay, they don't have as good of a defensive end. We're good over here. So we're going to game plan that Brian McKinney is going to take care of this guy. We're going to help over this way. And then the next week he plays horribly, you know, he struggles. So as a coach, if there, even if a guy is not the best, if he's consistent, if he's consistent, that helps you because you can plan for it. Right, you could say this week we got to help this guy out. Next week he's going to be okay, and we could do other things. We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy that one week is up here and the next week's down here, that's it's a coaching, it's a game plan and a coaching nightmare because you don't know which guy's going to show up. Yeah. So you put this game plan together, saying fingers crossed, McKinney's going to hold down that left edge, and he did more often than not. You know, don't get me wrong, but but still that so. As a coach, you just want known commodity, consistent, right? Pay them. <laughs> right, 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 right. I know what I'm yeah. not going to have to worry and, about with this and play. The scouts, and the scouts go, wait a minute. Now that guy, you know, this guy's bigger, stronger, faster. 
That's why, you know, and they'll look at you and say, that's why it says coach on your, on your shirt. Your job is to coach them up. Your job is to make that guy better. And it's like, man, I can't make chicken salad yeah. out of chicken. You know what? Right. 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 <laughs> that was our comeback. Right. God, the stories about that and the arguments and the, um, and that's kind of another cool thing about, about that whole, that level when you're in the coaching and you're, you're in that, you don't have time to be nice. You just got to be direct. You got to lay it out there and guys will MF each other, argue and scream and holler. But then when you're done, you walk out and day later, once everything calms down, everybody respects everybody. That's the key, right? That's the key. You can disagree, argue and fight and throw, you know, and, and whatever. Um, but you got to respect each other and, and it's a, cra- it, but it's a, it's a crazy ass world. Hey, man. Man. It, Sounds like any relationship, right? It, <laughs> <laughs> you can do all the cursing and arguing all you want. But I don't know about that. Gotta, I don't know about that but. <laughs> now Pete don't know. I don't know about that. You're going to walk me down this damn path and then now you're going to, you're going to take a sip of coffee and let you, me sit you, there. <laughs> you can't, you cannot, you cannot live your life like you do like you were a scout that would you know what honestly that would be a funny bit wouldn't it oh just walking around if, scouting if, everything well, in the you, house if, if you were, yeah i'm saying if you were a scout right and you had a, the bit where you're sitting next to your, you know you're up your significant other right. and you're like wait a minute i got one down the street that's taller <laughs> faster yeah the problem right? is if they do that to can, you can jump can jump like this and yeah oh exactly <laughs> right exactly you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, usually, that usually be, they have that, it in their heads too. We're just the dumb hilarious. ones to say. It. Oh yeah, see, not <laughs> Pete Bursich, ladies and gentlemen, sketch comedy writer. Uh, you yeah, know, right. Former coach, former player, and now doing big things for the uh, the Vikings network of uh, broadcasting. So, Daniil Hunter, um, hand in the ground, terrific pass rusher. You know, been banged up a little bit over the last couple of years. That happens. Now he's going to be standing up. And you mentioned Zadarius Smith on the other side of him. Going from a, a 4-3 to a 34 front, um, body types change. You know, obviously, scheme changes. You, you you go from trying to attack certain things, like you just mentioned, to having a, a big old 300-plus pound man over the center's nose and saying, hey, you're going to have to deal with this for the rest of the day. Um, how do you think Daniil Hunter would fare, not just not having his hand in the ground, but some of the run responsibilities that are different from a defensive end, you know, say, you know, a, a regular technique in terms of you know, outside linebacker versus defensive end play. Um, I, you know, I think he's going to, he's going to do, ju- he's going to do just fine. I think he's going to do a great job. Um, you know, the, the three, four, I think is, is kind of better suited for today's game, but you know, with the big, but you've got to have, you got to have the guys outside. They, their jobs at Arius Smith and, you know, and, and Daniil Hunter's job is to set the edge. And the point is, is I don't care if you put one tight end out there, two tight ends out there, three tight ends out there. The, the whole concept is, I don't care if you've got this thing on the chalkboard blocked up, you know, perfectly angles and the whole thing. My guys on the outside are going to destroy those guys, and you're not going to be able to get outside and be forced back inside to our linebackers and our big 300 pound interior tackles. Daniel's going to do, I, he's going to do a great job on that. Third down, something different. Third down is you go to a four man front anyway on third down, right? So it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty similar no matter who you're with. Um, so I think in the running game, his life is going to be a lot easier. 
it's going to be a lot easier because he's not necessarily going up against tackles all the time anymore. He's going to be going up against a lot of the tight ends. His job is going to be, you know, contained. There's not going to be a lot of, you know, down blocks, spills, all those reads, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's just, he's, he's just going to go out there and set the edge and do that. And Zadarius Smith will do that. I think on the other side. So, um, as far as pass rush goes, the way I see it is that they're going to watching Zedarius on film. You look at his sacks and how well he played. He was, he's an, um, he's a really, really good interior pass rusher on third down. Right. So I would suspect that they would move him inside. You go watch the sack highlights, go on YouTube, watch okay. the sack highlights. You'll be amazed at how many of them were from him standing up over a guard and running a stunt and doing those things. So my, so Who's going to be that outside defensive end on third down? That's what you need. You need a, you know, a guy like DJ Wadham had eight sacks last year. He needs to continue to grow. He needs to continue to get better. You put him on the outside, you know, Zedarius in the middle, doesn't matter who's in that other spot. And then you, <laughs> and you have Daniel Hunter on the other side and you're able to imagine that. You, I mean, you could take and put um, Zedarius and Daniel on the same next side. to each other. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you, you know, and then you don't even have to, you can blitz from the other side because you know everybody's going to be turning everything that way. It just gives you so much, so much flexibility. And they're different. They're both really good getting after quarterback. Um, they're different in their styles. And I think that's going to complement each other. Um, and the main thing is hopefully they can stay healthy. I mean, Daniel hasn't really played, you know, he played six games yeah. two years ago and that was it. And, you know, he's been the torn pack you know, the neck. So that's okay. I mean, it's like, it's not like the same, you know, that same injury keeps coming back. Um, you know, Zedarius was a nightmare for the NFC central. And then, you know, obviously he got, he was injured last year. Um, you know, and so and Zedarius, man, he's just, you talk to that dude for 30 seconds and you're like, that is a man. <laughs> Cause he's, <laughs> no, I mean, he's, he's a big, big dude. Yeah. Got this big, deep voice, right. He looks you in the eye and he's like real intense. And you're just like, yeah, that's a guy I want to go to war with. No doubt. And I think that's the other part of this defense that we need, man. We need we need some of that nasty, right? We haven't had it. I, I think you look at our record, I think we we gave up more points in the last two minutes of the first and second halves than almost any team I don't, I'm in history. I mean, it was, it's, it was epic. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I probably should, but I don't. Um, we got to fix that. And a lot of that's just attitude. Right. It's attitude. And I think, you know, between a guy like Zedarius and, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Hicks, another guy we picked up from Arizona, who was a cap casualty um, veteran, just a, just a, a lot of attitude. That's what this defense needs, man. It's attitude. Yeah. No doubt at all. You sound like my guy, New Van Lee. God rest his soul. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you said it. I was like, if he says it a third time, I'm going to start thinking my guy, Norm. All right. So, Am I crazy for thinking this team can win the division as we wrap it up with you here? No, I don't. No, I don't think so at all. I mean, I, that my that's my expectation. This this opener that we have against Green Bay is going to be so interesting from from this from this standpoint. We we our starters didn't play at all in the preseason, right? And so you you, you sit there and I think of it as a coach. When you know you you have practice, right? What goes on in practice? Everything is scripted. Mm-hmm. Every every snap, 
you know, when, when you have look teams, right? So during the week, um, the backups of Green Bay's offense will run the Minnesota Vikings offense. Here's what I want you, here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to draw up what our offense is going to look like this year. I want you to, in opening day, I want you to draw up the formations, the shifts, the motions, how they're going to block this, what they're going to do. We have no idea. Right. I have no idea. No one has any idea. So we're going to go into this game with with an advantage that 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 no one has. I mean, I, they haven't seen in a long, long time, right? I mean, what are you going to do with Jefferson? What are you going to do with Thielen? What are you going to do with Dalvin Cook? And I'm, I'm, I'm I love Dalvin. Dalvin is my favorite. I just I got a feeling that Dalvin's just going to light it up early in the season. I hope. I pray because <laughs> Dalvin's our only offensive player that's gone into a regular season without playing in the preseason. Mm. He's the only one. Everybody else has played before. Dalvin's the only one that hasn't. And if you remember Rodgers from two seasons ago, I can't, you know, I don't know the teams off the top of my head, but I do know this. Two years ago, uh, when he didn't play in the preseason, he had a rough, he had a rough opener. Last year, same thing, but he did play it a lot better. So I think he learned. Dalvin knows. And so I'm just a little worried about the other guys, but what do you do defensively for Green Bay? What do you do? What you know? What what, what are you going to do? How are you going to? What matchups? I mean, they are. So it's going to come down to execution for our offense, right? You got to complete. You know, Cousins has to be seventy percent. Um, you can't be fifty, and that could be from guys dropping the ball. Right. Or, you know, whatever pressure, timing not being right. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. Um, you can't go have fourteen penalties like we did uh, in the opener last year. Just you, you can't do. They got to play. It's about execution. And then defensively, you know, we were 28th in the league in defense last year. So we're going to be better, right? We're going to be better. Um, but our offense is the key to, to the success on this team. And defensively, um, we got, you know, we have some more pieces in place. And, you know, it's going to be stopping the run. You, know, you play the Packers, you got to stop the run with two deep look. That's mm. it. Right. And the question comes down to out of a two deep look, are you going to give up? Two yards per carry or four? Right. Because if you give up four, you got to walk that safety down. Yeah. And they get, Mm -hmm. you know, they get ahead and your offense is, you know, then they're just going to keep, you know, handing the ball off and throwing it in the flat and, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, that's it. That's, 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 that's the Packers in a nutshell. It's not that complicated, man. It's not, it's, you got to stop the run with two deep, two deep safeties, figure out a way. Three, four is pretty good at that. So can we do that up front? Right. Ken Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips and uh, Armin Watts, can they just out physical the Packers offensive line and, and eliminate the running game and, buy, and and stop, you know, their, their running backs. And so yeah, it's going to be awesome. I love, you know, I hate the Packers. I mean, I hate them. <laughs> I grew up in Chicago, right? Played, played Minnesota. You know, I, I, and, and I come, you know, I split my time between Chicago area and Minnesota. And I'm like, you know what? We all hate the Packers. That's isn't that a beautiful thing, right? Isn't that a We're beautiful all thing? We're in, in agreement in that. We're all in agreement on that. We can all get along. We can all, you know, we can all just have a beer and talk about how much we hate Green Bay. And I hate Green Bay. I hate them. Hate them. Who, who's the pl- player that you played against when you were a Minnesota Viking that played on the Green Bay Packers that you hated the most? Um. <laughs> Whoever it's you thought of just now is the person I need. Frank Winters. Oh. The center. Yeah, number 52. Now, yeah. Let me let, just, let me say this. He was also at this at this thing with this thing behind me. 
He's a dude that if he is your teammate, you love him. He's a great dude, mm-hmm. funny, all that. But you don't want he, he was he was just a chippy. He's just, a sinner. He's an ankle. He's an ankle <laughs> fighter, right? You know, and he's just that guy that you're like after play, you get hit in the back or whatever, and you're just like, oh yeah, it's winners. It's sixty five. It's winners, right? You just and you watched him on film, and then it's like it's it's the, that's one of my favorite things to do is is to talk to like high school kids and say. All right, you got to find a dude that you just hate. And you got to find a reason to hate him, right? You see that guy that just, you know, just where he's an offensive lineman and, he, you know, he's all sloppy and he's jumping on people and he's putting, you know, it's like, he's, he, and you do the whole week, you're watching the film, you're watching, you're like, yep, there he is. Mm. There he is. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, Pete Bursich, and then, poisoning the minds of our youth. <laughs> <laughs> One practice at a time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, you gotta find good. a reason it's, to it's hate him. I love football shit, good. man. I swear it's to God, good. I love, I love when when the footbally footballingtons get together and start to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta find a way to hate this person. I can dig it, man. No, no, you can't play that you, game you without a certain it. edge. You can't. No, I mean it's like John Randall would sit there in uh and you know he was a defensive lineman. We'd have you know he knows where to line up. It's not that it's not that complicated. You know the, the simpler your job is mentally, the harder it is to do physically in the NFL. And he would have the he would he would uh, get the media guides for whoever we were playing, and he would find a guy, and then he would memorize his wife's name and his kids' names, you know, and all this, and and he would just whatever he could do to get to get that in your head. And then on the other side. Probably the probably the second best guard to ever play the game. Oh, Randall McDaniel. McDaniel, yes, sir. And Randall McDaniel would not say anything. Right? It was like um, the bit I always compared it to um, uh, the movie Blazing Saddles with Mongo, <laughs> right? And the and and uh, the sheriff gets his gun and, he, and he's like, no, 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 don't shoot him, just make him angry. Right, right. Don't, do, don't, don't, don't do that. Shout out to Alex. He, and that's how Randall was. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You don't say anything to him because you piss you piss him off. It's on. <laughs> oh my god! Because he, he could just he you know like he played the game nine percent or whatever. And then if you made him mad, oh my god, he would just take it to kill another people. Take it to another anyway. level on you, right, <laughs> Pete? Exactly, dude. I I could talk to you all day. You've given me already too much <laughs> of your time, and I truly, truly appreciate that. Nah, man, it's fun. Hey, dude. Um, you. I've always been a terrific contributor throughout my radio career, and I'm glad I get a chance to finally chop it up with you here on the Full Go yeah, Podcast. Anytime, man. Anytime. And hopefully, hopefully I can catch you at a Bulls game hey, at some point. Hey, any anytime you're in the city and you got some time, I will make it a point to to have you and the family out, brother. I appreciate you. Sounds well, yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. Once saw the caught a caught my first uh uh NBA playoff game uh, this year. It was uh the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. Oh, right? I saw a hell of a series. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just get, I mean, and like I said, the best athletes in the world play basketball. Yeah. You want to know how athletic a kid is? Give him a basketball. <laughs> well, and, and watch him go about his bit. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. You watch guys like, like John Morant. Oh, man. And, and these guys go. You got, go you got one in Ant. Ant Edwards is what, ridiculous, yeah, I mean, man. Right, you watch him go. And you got to sit down close. You got to be at hoop level or lower because mm-hmm. you don't realize how big these people are. No, no, no. They're, they're you massive don't realize that. Right. It looks like he's jogging down the court. No, 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 no. That dude's covering about 15 <laughs> feet every stride. He's moving, right? And 
and how they can operate and what they do. And, and just, there's no room for anything, man. These things are huge. And they're, <laughs> and it, it, they're penetrating, getting in there and passing the vision, the, the body control. I mean, it's like, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't know everybody in the NBA. I mean, when I watch the NBA, mm-hmm. I love basketball because of the strip, because of the strategy. Yeah. And the second thing is just watching these guys do what they do. It's just incredible. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. Good basketball is uh is, is poetry in motion. And bad basketball is. is the exact it opposite. Is. But, <laughs> but, but good basketball will get you well, up. I'm glad I'm glad you got bit by the playoff bug, man. Uh, hopefully yeah, the man, Bulls was, get to the playoffs was, this year. Well, good. the Bulls should get to the playoffs this year, you know, barring any unforeseen ridiculous injuries. And and maybe, right. maybe if you're in town, you can catch up with us, man. Yeah, or if you come, up, you know, if you ever come up to Minnesota, let me know. All right, there it is. It's a date, Pete. I appreciate you, brother. Ah, Thank you so right, much, man. man. Take care, Pete Bursich, right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go. That's all the time we have for episode one forty four of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our outstanding guest, Pete Bursich, former Minnesota Viking, former Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You can currently catch him on the Vikings Network doing color commentary. So thank you so much to Pete for giving so much of his time breaking down the Vikings. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what this Kevin O'Connell Vikings thing really is. All right. You got a new look offense. And you got one of the best wide receivers in the game. But you got Kirk Cousins. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes, especially when it comes time to win some games. Uh, in December and January. So thank you to Pete Bursich for hanging out with us. And thank you to our production staff. We want to say what's up to, he, he wasn't a shadowy figure today. We actually saw Steve Cerruti. So shout out to our guy, Steve Cerruti, the active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, Tony Gill. want to thank those guys for always being themselves. I want to thank Tony and Jesse for adding to the first segment with their uh, elaborate, uh, interesting, and uh, magnificent and uniquely told stories uh, about, you know, uh, cheap clapping in public. So, always here for you, Jake. Yeah, I know. I know. Trust me. I know. I know. I know when I look to my left or my right and I need to find you, uh, you're probably somewhere inside getting a sandwich. So, so, <laughs> so shout out to my man, Tony Kill. Nah, that's my guy. That's my guy. He works, he works his ass off. So I appreciate him. Appreciate Jesse. Appreciate Steve. And I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to this thing, listening to it, rating and reviewing it, sharing it with your family and friends. Whatever you do for this thing, I appreciate what you are doing. As always, we will talk to you on Thursday. Okay, so we're going to talk to Roy Wood Jr. We're going to talk to Antoine Walker. We're going to talk to Pete Futek. We're going to have a whole bunch for you leading into the weekend of footballs flying all throughout the air, especially on the collegiate side of things. So we'll talk to you guys on Thursday, okay? So for the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. As always, remember, take care of yourselves. Be safe.